Welcome to On The Bench. I'm Brendan. I got Josh Newberg with me today, and it's just going to be a little one-on-one, just a little Sinone and Newberg going back and forth, riffing off each other. What do you think about that, Josh? I think it's great. We got Chris Nee out in the field reporting, and Zach Blostein has spent a little time with his girlfriend at Disney. Well-deserved a um, couple days off for Zach. So yeah, let's sit down and let's pot about it. <laughs> Would you rather be Chris Nee, his like 100th consecutive day on the bench right now, or Zach Blostein spending a hot, sweltering summer day in June at Disney? Well, it, it is overcast today, but it is swampy. I'd probably, I'd rather be Zach in, in the Magic Kingdom. I mean, Zach's 21 and in love. Who wouldn't want to be Zach? <laughs> I, I dated a girl for a little bit who wanted to get married in the castle, in Cinderella's castle. Sorry if anyone's done yeah, that. It's a red flag. Was, yeah, it, it was a red flag for sure. When was the last time you did a turkey leg? Oh, like a legit like, like a turkey leg from a theme park, like a big right after I walked out of um, Mexico, Epcot. You know, <laughs> yeah, took a couple shots of tequila and bought a turkey leg. Probably that's last time, <laughs> my man. All right, so Josh is just getting back from Tallahassee. He's made a couple trips up here so far this summer and that's where i want to start off this podcast we'll eventually get to a mailbag i was setting you up there josh to go mailbag but good i'm glad mailbag there we go god chemistry gotta work on it a little bit gotta work on the time in a little bit here let's pick up the energy um you come to tallahassee a couple times now and I want to get your thoughts, Josh, on just what you've observed the last couple weekends, uh, how things are being run by Mike Norvell from top to bottom, and just the amount of players that are coming through uh, here in Tallahassee. So maybe start off with like this past weekend. There's big man camp. There was seven on seven. Uh, actually, it wasn't even a weekend. It was just the middle of the week. Um, what are your takeaways from being up here? Um, I'm just scrolling through my May top 10 most wanted. I was just looking at something. And I think my biggest takeaway here is that Florida State, once they get Marvin Jones Jr. on campus, literally like 30 minutes from now, we expect him to arrive Mm -hmm. for an unofficial visit. Florida State will have gotten their entire recruiting board on a visit in June. It's big time. Um, You know, we think Quincy Wiggins is going to come in next week. Uh, We think, I should say we think. Uh, EJ Lightsey's been here, Daniel Lyons, all these guys have been here. I'm just going through the top 10 most flaunted. Uh, the one, so when Quincy Wiggins comes next week, I think the only prospect that hasn't been on campus that we consider a legitimate target for 2022 would be Wesley Bassaint. But he has said that he's potentially coming in at the end of June. So to me, I, I guess I'm just in my head, but I was thinking that that's pretty unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. Um, Shamar Stewart's supposed to be on campus on Sunday. Julian Armella was on campus earlier. I'm just going through some of the names of guys that like we were kind of worried about heading into the summer. If they didn't show up in June, we were going to take them off the board. Katron Allen yeah. from IMG running back. It looked like he was not going to make it in. And he showed up on Wednesday. There's a full, you know, we've been covering that heavily on 24-7 full story up there. So really, their entire recruiting board is made on campus. And if they haven't made it on campus in the month of June, then you know they're not really on the recruiting board, uh, whether that's FSU's doing or just a lack of interest. But I think after this month's over, the entire 
board will have been on a visit to FSU in the month of June. That's impressive. Do we think that's unique to FSU right now, given that just there's been so many visits all across the country in June after the 15-month lull? No, it's probably not unique to FSU. It's pro- I mean, I don't cover the teams close enough outside, but realistically, a lot of teams are probably in the same boat. Like, if you don't get them on campus in June, then you're really not re- in their recruitment. Mm-hmm. And I think that holds true for a majority of the kids especially now that you can take official visits because it, the excuse used to be, well, you know, we're, we can't, we're going to wait until we can pay for them to get on campus. And that's true for a lot of, of kids. They had to wait till the fall to go check out a school because they couldn't afford to, to travel. But now you're seeing that happen across the country. You know, Michael Williams took an official visit to USC and committed. Mm-hmm. Um, had there not been official visits allowed during the summer, that probably, that wouldn't have happened. You know, a kid from Georgia isn't just going to be able to, take a cross country trip on his own dime to, to LA on a whim. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I think there's a lot of visits taking place across the country and this might not be unique to FSU, but just going down the checklist of the board that we thought heading into the summer is kind of the board coming out. It will coming out of June because mm-hmm. we've now seen all these prospects on campus. There was a couple guys, like I mentioned, Julian Armella, Katron Allen, and, and a few others that if they didn't make it on campus, we were ready to write them off. I think it shows good self-awareness by the staff. And they, they did a good job of this in other cycles too, Josh, when they were maybe not going after some of the heavy hitters and they were kind of understanding when it was time to, to pull the cord. So I think that's what I take away from what we've seen so far in June with the ability to kind of gauge like who they have a shot at and who they can continue to, to have mutual interest in uh, as, as recruiting moves on here in June. Um, One other takeaway I got was like, this wasn't just a, this month, the excitement of this month, the production of this month by the FSU staff on the recruiting trail, the amount of visits and stuff. This wasn't just a spur of the moment thing where FSU caught fire and kids are already out taking visits. So FSU became like a spot to be at. This was really cultivated for years. Like the ability to get Elijah Pritchett on campus back to back like that wasn't because FSU's hot in June, it's because Alex Atkins has had a relationship with him since he arrived on campus now like 18 months ago. So a lot of this stuff has been in the works for a while and it just took taking the lid off the dead period for it to all kind of come to fruition. But there's still work to be done. They got to close on these guys. We've got half the battle here. Half the battle is definitely getting them on campus because without getting them on campus, you're not not even in the recruitment. Right. So now we got to see, you know, who they can close on. But so someone for for like an Elijah Pritchett, you end up getting on campus twice and you got him to work out at the big man camp, which was a really pleasant surprise. The fact that he wanted to come and mm-hmm. put in the work and, and interact with Mike Norvell, uh, along with Elijah Pritchett. He's, I think, someone who signifies this, Josh. But who are some other guys who, like, in your mind, almost move up the board based on um, the time they showed up at campus, how much time they were actually here? Like Earl Little, is that someone else who we'd add? Like who, who moves up the board based on what we've seen the first no, couple Earl of Earl Little moves sideways on the board for me. I'm not moving him up. I still okay. think it's – but Julian Armella is certainly one. Um, Javante Barnes, seeing him show up on an unofficial visit at the beginning of June, knowing that he has family in Orlando. Like some of the things that I was hearing, the the pieces just came together on, on certain um, – recruitments but certainly elijah pritchett you know uh uh, you got to think about the premium positions whether it's defensive end offensive tackle like where do we need the most help at where where are the weapons and you're starting to see them come in 
you know, Marvin Jones Jr. coming on campus this weekend is going to be big. It'll everybody will be buzzing. Um, also, it's going to be significant that Richard Young's going to be here. I, we're skipping classes here, going to twenty twenty three. But there have been some really significant twenty twenty three prospects on campus, and Richard Young may be one of the best. Um, he's the number one running back in America in the twenty twenty three class, and he's the I think he's the number three player overall. And really, he's Florida State hasn't recruited a back like him since uh, Cam Akers, Dalvin Cook. Um, he's a special back. FSU's recruited some some good quality backs, but like he's he's he is the uh, the mega star. Mm-hmm. So you're starting to see that happen. It's it's been a very productive summer. It seems to me that FSU has, and if you think this is fiction or or Sinone, uh please you know feel free to call it out. But I feel like FSU's done a really good job, Josh, of putting its best foot forward consistently. Every single day there's been someone showing up and there's been workouts as well going like on simultaneously or camps going on simultaneously. I mean, today they have Marvin Jones showing up. They have two or three different camps going on the same day. Uh, They've done a really good job of being organized, of showing energy as a staff, having a cultivated plan and executing it for like every single key visitor. Uh, Have you been impressed by what you've seen with the way the staff is just operating on, on a recruiting and organizational level? Yeah. So you're buying it. Yeah. You're going to, don't smile. Like, you answered the question. I did. I, it was too long. I rambled. Me, but yeah. I rambled. What I've been impressed about is the fact that, I know you did. I, I was, I was going to let you go. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah. Like people don't even know how impressive it is because the day that there was the big man in seven on seven camp, I forgot my um, charger in the IPF after the seven on seven. So I went back to the IPF. And there's Coach JP huddled around like five kickers. <laughs> there was a kicking camp going on. I mean, we knew it. We put it in the thread and stuff. But like, I forgot. Like, oh, this guy just got done doing big man. Now he's here hosting five kickers. Like, you know, and there's work. You got to know who's coming on campus. Like, there's work that goes into that before the camp even starts for these coaches as well. Um, we don't we don't report on everything, but there's been um, some private workouts of guys that, you know, aren't offer prospects, but FSU just wants to see them or they want to come through and, and there's a little workout going on and it's just nonstop. And then even like the, like a seven on seven tournament you were at the other day, Zach said the week before that he thought it was one of the best team run seven on sevens he's ever been to. You've been to a few more than, than Zach, obviously in your day, but just like even the way that's being run, Josh, uh, you buying that too? Like, it seems like that's been, been pretty. Yeah. Those team up. ones are different bird. The, the all-star ones are complete chaos. The yeah. team ones, because you have the head coach there from the high school, you have the whole team together. That's always been together. Those things are easier to put on, but yeah, it was well run. I think that the single elimination is great because it gets them in, gets them out. So they do a little round Robin where everybody gets a guaranteed amount of games. And then they do go to single elimination after the break. And yeah, it, it's, it's much easier to run than those all-star events. Okay. Real quick, before we get to a little bit of mailbag action, uh, a few topics I want to go over. First off, Josh, an update on Stacy Wilkins. He was offensive tackle from Oklahoma, entered the transfer portal a week ago. I don't even know if we talked about him uh, on the podcast, but there was an update that you had earlier in the week and then another update yesterday and if you just want to fill in our listeners to what's going on with Stacey Wilkins if they had any questions about that yeah I'm trying to think I don't think we talked about it I did write a story on it uh the day that Stacey Wilkins hit the portal I think it was Friday Thursday of last week 
Well, no, it's wait. Not, it wait, sounds right. Today? No, today right. no, it, no. It was like Tuesday or Monday or yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, I keep thinking today's Sunday because I'm home. I, don't, I thought, I don't, yeah, I was calling it the weekend that you were up here, and it was the middle of the week. Right, it was the middle. We're, of the we're week. about to enter. Um, the so I wrote it on Tuesday. You're right. I'd spoke to Stacy Wilkins the day he hit the portal, and he had just gotten off the phone with Mike Norvell earlier that morning. Um, he told me that he was going to set up a visit. You know, he, he said that he was going to talk to some other schools as well. He, he had a million phone calls coming in, and he would probably be at FSU in the middle of the week. Just had to talk to the FSU staff some more and, and schedule it. And um, since then, I have learned that I think they've been in contact, but I do not expect FSU to pursue Stacey Wilkins any further. Um, you know, there's various reasons why a lot of these kids are in the portal. And once you do your due diligence and you dig a little bit, you got to make the decision of like, do we want to bring him in? Do we want to recruit him? And from what I can understand, Florida State will not be pursuing him any further. It's going to be very interesting. because we have about two more weeks left, I think, of guys who can enter the transfer portal. Uh, A.D. Coburn talked about this the other day during a board of trustees meeting. If you want to apply for the one year transfer uh, policy where you can you can transfer anywhere without any sort of impunity there. Uh, you have to do it by July 1st. So hmm. uh, either graduate, the pool's either going to start becoming graduate transfers or whoever enters in the next two weeks here, Josh, as we're in mid-June. Uh, so FSU has what, one more scholarship, we think? I, I've got counting scholarships. I know you love it. We think no, I, I do. The numbers work out. I count them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think they have one more. Somebody asked me on the message board if there's somebody that FSU's waiting to hit the portal, then that's what they're waiting on. Unfortunately, there's... It's not like that. Uh, I don't think there's anybody FSU is waiting on. I know fans want that to be the answer because they want to think that we're going to have some sort of solution guaranteed by the time the season starts. It's a case by case basis. Like FSU, you know, Stacy Wilkins hit the portal. They showed interest originally. Obviously, they didn't know he was going to hit the portal. They did their due diligence once he did. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how it works. All right. One other transfer portal tidbit. I don't think we've talked about on the podcast, but just real quick, uh, Marcus Kushney, defensive end from Alabama a and I think he had seven sacks in four games uh, this this past spring in the, the truncated uh, season for the FBS team, or FCS, excuse me. Uh, he's someone who visited FSU last weekend. It was on official visit, I believe. Um, but, it, but basically, he, he walked away with an offer. We were told it was a PWO, preferred walk-on offer. That'll be interesting to see how it shakes out because he's someone who can help FSU out from a depth perspective. Uh, but we'll see. I think Purdue has since offered an actual scholarship. So we'll see if FSU, the lure of uh, a dream school, as he called it, will be enough for him to to take the PWO spot with two years to play two. You know, maybe you, you're a walk-on this year, you're in a scholarship if you contribute uh, as a senior. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. It'll be interesting to monitor someone who can help out at a position of need. Uh, the only other thing I want to update real quick before we move on to the mailbag is uh, Destin Hill. FSU released a statement on Destin Hill yesterday. <laughs> Basically the same report that we had. Someone was like, why'd they put out a statement? I was like, well, some people like weren't able to report on this, like how, how we had, like that Josh had. Yeah, basically what Josh yeah, And I, the only reason I'm, la I'm laughing is because I think people, uh, if FSU was putting out a statement, I think they would have wanted more clarity. And because my report wasn't very clear, I was basically just said his enrollment's going to be delayed and I didn't go any further in on it. 
And I think I'm uh, the reason I'm laughing is just because FSU didn't give any more clarity to fans. Like there's still the same question, <laughs> right? People, uh, well, it's just, it depends on how you perceive things, Josh, because some people, I agree with you, but some people are saying, oh, read like, the statement. I will read, read the statement. statement. Destin Hill's enrollment is delayed due to a personal matter. So something that Josh has already said. Oh, that, that's not a statement. That was me uh, ad-libbing there. Uh, with, <laughs> just read the statement. <laughs> all right, starting from the scratch. Uh, Destin Hill's enrollment is delayed due to a personal matter. With respect to his family's privacy, we're looking forward to him joining our program and the future, uh, end quote. So it's still wide open. And, it, and I'll just go back to the same thing that I said when I released our report is I don't expect him in anytime soon. Meaning like if you're going to ask me, Josh, is he going to be here for the B or C summer semester? I don't think so. Is he going to be here for the start of fall camp? Doesn't sound like it to me. Will he be here for the start of season? Then it gets a little murky. I I can't really, I don't really want to comment further past that at this point. I think people are, some are clinging on to the, you know, we look for, or we look forward to him joining the program in the future. It's like, oh, see, it is going to happen, but Right. It's still, it might, I mean, look, I don't know. I'm not going to be here and take it, you know, have a hot take on exactly what's going to happen. But um, yeah, FSU didn't provide any more clarity on the situation. In my opinion, I do think it's unique for a program to provide a statement on a player who hasn't arrived yet. Have you ever seen that happen? Like with um, Shavar manual, man, I don't know. Or like, I don't know. So that, I thought that was interesting. Now this is Mike Norvell. This is different. This isn't Jimbo or Willie or other previous coaches we worked with before. But I do think that is worth noting that they, the fact that I they, mean, but how many got caught in limbo? We've had a few. Xavier Peters was kind of caught in limbo. Jalen Wilkerson was caught for a couple days. Uh, it happens. That was a couple days. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it maybe happens. this is just the unique situation, but I can't remember it really happening. But I didn't think it was too. I I, I don't think it was all that weird to issue a statement on a player you signed and was expected to be on campus and he's not. I I just have never seen that before. It was proactive. I mean, as proactive as it could be given that it was a couple of weeks after your, uh, your, yeah. your report, but no, I, 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 I guess it is a, a little odd. I didn't really think about it, but yeah. Yeah. Just unusual. Just something that we don't see a lot, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. There's a whole lot to read into one way or the other, but all right. So you ready for this? A little, little mailbag action. Mailbag. That's the part where you yell at mailbag. Good, good, good. All right. So you want me to read it to you or do you want to read it? How do we want to do this here? I forgot what we decided. I don't have it in front of me right now. So just go ahead. Usually you're the one reading. Uh, Hey, let me pull up my microphone a little bit. I know, but I'm looking at my stock. So we should just do both our podcast and one here and just just split it onto the the two platforms. Yeah. We're stock show. Uh, No, let's go. We got to record that one after this. So let it rip. Oh my God. FSU CB 400 asks, which of the following recruits are most likely end up at FSU and least likely, in your opinion? Uh, Marvin Jones Jr., Nigel e. Kelly, Julian Armella, or Elijah Pritchett? So you're ranking it from most likely to least most, likely. So do I have to order them, or am I just ask? I mean, the, I would order them. Let's order, order them, them one to four. God, you guys, you guys hate it. Hey, real quick, if you want to ask questions on the message board and then have us make fun of you. Maybe for, the order that it's in. Oh. Yeah. Most likely? No, you think, think Pritchett, the, you think Pritchett is the least likely of that group? He already knew the answer to this. Uh, no. When oh, he, yes, he asked me. Yeah, I'm just going to roll with that. I like his list. MJJ, Nigel E. Kelly, Julian Armella, Pritchett. You, so the guys visited the most this summer, you're going to say. Maybe I would likely. flip-flop um, Kelly. No, maybe I would flip-flop 
MJJ and Armella. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great list. If you want to have your questions answered on the podcast, by the way, because people will often slide into my DMs and Twitter, ask me how to do it, or even the the DMs on Knowles 24-7, we basically just throw up a thread uh, a day ahead of time and say, mailbag, and and drop your questions in that thread. There's not really a rhyme or reason for it. And today, uh, for example, Josh just threw it up 10 minutes before the podcast started. So uh, you just got to catch us. You just got to catch it at the right time, really, is is how it happens. But you have to be a Knowles 24-7 subscriber. Uh, Delaware yeah. No Blooded asks, buy or Sinone? Yeah, a little buy or Sinone action. Playoff expansion will help parity return to college football. Kids won't auto filter to Alabama, OSU, Oklahoma, Clemson types. So, so buy or Sinone playoff expansion will help parity. Um, maybe. I don't think that's why they did it, but uh, he didn't ask me why they did it. He was just asking, do I think it'll help with the parity? Um. Maybe, but I still think those teams that you named are going to beat the shit out of uh, all those other teams anyway, at least if they keep heading in the direction that they're heading. So you're Sinone in it. Yeah, but I, I think they're doing it for different reasons. No, I'm buying it. I think they're, it'll it'll help parity. He's asking me, will it help parity? Yes. Will it create like com- complete parity? No. But, yes. well, the, but then the second part of the question, will kids won't auto-filter and just go to Alabama – I don't think that's going to change. I don't think just because there's more teams in the playoffs, kids are going to want to play for the 12th best team in the country. They're still going to want to play for the first best. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it'll be like the NBA playoffs where, I mean, this year is obviously an anomaly because of all the injuries, but usually in the NBA playoffs, there's like three or four teams that have a chance to win it all. And, and I think it'll like, so there'll be more teams technically competing in the playoffs mm-hmm. and, and having a quote unquote chance, but you'll still have that tier where you have the Alabamas. Yeah. And it'll the- help with parity. It definitely isn't going to, like decrease parity it's going to increase it somewhat but i think the cool yeah. part was you'll see i mean you obviously see more power five teams filtering in to the playoffs than you have in, in the past but, mm-hmm. but you'll get to see some group of five teams occasionally and maybe you see them like win a game or two and have a little cinderella story kind of run um maybe all right canoon 25 asks i noticed that patrick payton is now up to 210 pounds the fsu roster was released yesterday uh, is that about the same weight brian burns played at his freshman year do any one of you seen him being a contributor this season on pass rushdowns? I, I did look it up actually for the George Wilson uh, weight, Josh, because George Wilson came in at 189. I think Brian Burns as a senior in high school was up to 215, if I'm not mistaken, like at 6'5". So not too far off. Um, yeah, about the same weight. Yeah. But, you know, just because there's the same weight doesn't make him the same player. Um, do you think? Do you think he's going to be – a contributor on passing downs. I mean, I think it's possible due to the roster just because they need guys that are pass rushers. I think they almost certainly need one of the three freshman mm-hmm. defensive ends to step up. Uh, and I guess Chambre Jackson's list as a defensive end. I think he ended up moving to D tackle, but you know who I think Josh has a really good chance at it. Just seeing them all in person now at this point, Dennis Briggs. Well, I mean, he's not a freshman. Oh, <laughs> uh, who? Byron Turner, Byron Turner. We're trying to figure out who this kid was. He was standing there with uh with some of the defense alignment at the big man camp he's with the saint augustine kids so i should have known uh on louisiana uh byron turner looks pretty filled out he's like 225 to 230 right now mm-hmm. um but yeah he looked like someone who who you see him in person he's long he's got a wide frame like okay there's something there without seeing him move in person uh he's got a chance yeah he's got a chance i got to see him in there i always you know want to see him a little bit quicker with that first step in his highlights and stuff i don't know mm-hmm. if he's like that that electric pass rusher off the off the edge like Patrick Payton's gonna be yeah 
Um, but yeah, I, I think we could probably see Patrick Payton. That's the question here. So let's just answer it. I think we could see him on some passing downs. I think so too. Because like you said, he does have that first step and that bend and that mm-hmm. gives you a chance. Even if you are a little undersized, you can help out situationally. Uh, I'm really actually looking forward to seeing him in, in preseason camp and seeing what he can do. Uh, moving on here, TB Golf 714 asks, would you rather live with Brendan every day for a year or work with Gene? Mm. Oh, wait, sorry. Work for Gene. It's a little work different. for Gene. Like for a year, just work for Gene? Or nope. Just, I think it's just, it's nebulous. It's on ending. I'd probably rather, I mean, it would, dra- it would drive me insane, but I'd probably rather live with Brendan for a year because he'd like at least take care of me and worry about how I'm feeling. And like, he'd be annoying as hell, but it'd be better than the alternative. We talk on the phone every day anyway, so it's kind of like, you know. Well, living with your, you. your girlfriend has gotten jealous of the amount of times we've talked before. Buy her Sedone. <laughs> Sedone. No, 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 no. Go. Next question. <laughs> Noel Knight, I'm sitting the over under at 2.5. Buy her Sedone that Warchant has sleeper subscribers on the site. That's I didn't read this question ahead of time. I'm going to keep reading it, then you can decide whether you want to answer it, Josh. Buy her Sedone that Warchant has sleeper subscribers on the site that steals your content and reports back to Gene so they could have a story. Uh, I don't understand the over under at 2.5. Well, over. okay. D Noel Stone asked Jaleel Skinner. Probably uh, well over, but I it's mean, all good. Whatever. Uh, D, D Noel Stone asked Jaleel Skinner and Kevin Coleman real thoughts. We need some elite pass rusher catchers to go with Duffy. How many players do you think we sign out of IMG this year? I don't understand the first part of that question. It's not even a question. It's a statement. Yeah. Okay. So we need. Uh, Jaleel Skinner and Kevin Coleman, real thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think Jaleel Skinner brings size and speed combination that I have not seen any other high school recruit in the country possess this cycle. Um, what he can do at six foot five and 210 pounds is unbelievable. Uh, Kevin Coleman, I think, could be a very productive slot guy for FSU. He brings speed. He's kind of the electric guy FSU needs desperately. Uh, how many players do you think we sign out of IMG this year? Uh, probably one or two. Well, so I Duffy's mean, Duffy, one, right? And who, then you got like, oh yeah, Boz already in. Okay, yeah. so, oh, so so maybe two. so maybe three. Typically, I know Bud Elliott has talked about this before. Uh, IMG like connection usually doesn't have a whole lot of like. If a kid comes from California, goes to IMG, that doesn't all of a sudden play in Florida states or Florida or you know a, right. a regional team's hand necessarily. A lot of time, those kids will go back. So just something to kind of keep in mind. Yeah, like cool. there's, but it's not. There's no right to that point. There's no given school that just comes in and signs five or six guys right. out of IMG. Right. Like Ohio State doesn't do it. Alabama doesn't do it. It's just a. I think it's more of like a convenience for coaches because they can just go to one spot and it's all there. But mm-hmm. it's. I don't think coaches feel like, oh, I'm going to land this whole group from IMG this year. You know what I mean? I don't, right. I don't get that sense. No, I don't even know like how much. Like from Not just from FSU coaches, just from any coach anyone. I talk to. Like it's yeah. never that attitude. It's like, oh, I'm here for this guy because I, I recruit Mar- – I'm from Maryland and he's from Baltimore and, you know, we're going to recruit him. Even though there's a bunch of other guys that they should be recruiting, everybody just kind of respects the territory, I guess, in a weird mm-hmm. way. Yeah, it is an interesting dynamic. And of course, Duffy's an outlier because Duffy's a QB and QBs do that. You know, QBs go from, they just go where the opportunity is. So Duffy's kind of an outlier. Um, Ba, they've been recruiting, doing a good job on him. Don't have, you, you know, let's be honest, they don't have a ton of competition on him, meaning like, Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson aren't recruiting Ba. Florida State is his best offer. Yeah, they were able to get in there and get him, which is good. 
Um, so it's situational, IMG. It's interesting, though. It's, a, it's an interesting dynamic. And Ba's originally from Memphis, which obviously the staff's connections to the Tennessee area you know, helps out there. I don't think it hurts to have like Duffy in the ear of someone, especially some of the 2023 kids who are at IMG. I think no. that, that helps, but it's I, great. I, think it, I think it only helps so much. There's a cap on it. Right. Uh, Beach 407 asks, how much honey fried chicken has George Wilson eaten since being on campus? So did you see the, I know you didn't go through the updated rosters, Josh, but did you at least see some of the, the talk about the height weight yesterday? People like to talk about it. Yeah, of course. No, you, of course. So, so um, George Wilson way. Do you remember? I don't know. You know what I was thinking? 189. I was thinking, <laughs> did you, I don't smell the f- fried chicken anymore. Whew. Um, it has been a little while. No, granted, like, I, you know what, dude? I bet you that cafeteria is like really no, like. Brandon, we used to smell it. I'm saying I bet you like COVID, like that cafeteria's shut down. Oh yeah, or probably. like right. yeah, so there. Ha- I can probably say there. He probably hasn't eaten much honey fried chicken because we're out there way more than we used to be, and we used to smell it literally every visit weekend when we were there, and we don't smell it anymore at so all. FSU's biggest recruiting tool, one of its, it's best my, recruiting tools, isn't even. I need to dig into guys. this, Brendan. Ooh, all right. I'll do some FOIA. I'll send in some. I'll send in some email requests. I am 99% sure, Josh, that that Publix on purpose has the fried chicken smell just blaring out into the into the parking lot, right? Like that's got to be a thing on purpose. Of course. They like lure it, you in with just it. like if you were doing barbecue, you want that smokiness all out there. So yeah, if you're selling if you're selling fried chicken and you're you're frying up some chicken, it's gonna smell. <laughs> so we need to look into this. I don't think George Wilson has eaten any any fried chicken. I did see him, to be serious, I saw him walking around when we were on the bench like a couple weeks ago, Josh, and I mm-hmm. did think it was a wide receiver at first. He's built like he's a long kind yeah, of... People don't want to hear that. Well, but that's what I saw. I'm sorry. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. And I'm not going to apologize. I'm sorry. Big Drip Knoll, buy or Sinone, smoke buoy in our class. I'll Sinone it for now. I think his recruitment... He, he told me he's not deciding until December, till early signing day. And he's going to still take all five of his official visits during the season. There's a ton of left to his recruitment. What did you think of him in person? You got to see him at the seven on seven the other day. Man, he was so much fun to be around. Uh, he had so much energy. He, in a good way, like he was always dancing. He was always uplifting his teammates. He didn't stop moving. Like whether it was dancing, whether it was clapping, whether it was cheering, like this kid for the whole time we we're out there, never stopped moving. Anytime he was on the field, he was making plays. I uh, put some video up on my Twitter of him making a great break on a ball. Um, I, him and Travis Hunter in the same DB room. Like, I don't know if they have room for that. Oh, it's <laughs> would Smoke be a DB? I always thought he would be like a slot wide receiver type for them. No, ah. I, I spoke to him. He's definitely DB. He ah. said um, he's playing DB. Everybody's recruiting him as a DB. It didn't seem like he had much hesitation. It just seemed like, yeah, that's what it is. And in the tournament, we didn't see him play any wide receiver, did we? A Not little bit. A little bit. But he got he was nursing an injury that he had like the uh, previous okay. seven on seven, so they they kind of restricted him a little bit. But he was fun to watch. Like he was fun. Did you watch him? Do you know what I'm talking about? I saw the highlights. No, because by the time I got over to him and his part on the field, like they had already kind of put him in the sweatpants and had him chilling. Um, so yeah, I didn't get to see him in person actually operate. Which is disappointing. I did see the Seminole twins from Sanford. Uh, they were the Sanford Seminole twins. They were pretty good. Those guys were solid. Um, J Rod. I understand the smoke buoy. I understand the nickname. Mm, okay. J Rod 31. Uh, there was a no, not going there. 
Who do you think will be the biggest surprise signee of the 2022 class? This is his first question, Josh. And then he also wants to know who do you think the biggest heartbreaker sign elsewhere will be? Ask you to omit Kevin Coleman since you've already uh, kind of alluded to that. <laughs> what is wrong with people? I they said wanna, Kevin wants, Coleman on the last one. Yeah, he wants everybody. to know your second, who's going to be the second guy to break your Went heart. crazy. I like J-Rod. He's, I think he but they this. didn't want to hear that. So why would they want to hear this? J-Rod wants um, to keep it real. What was the first part of the question? Who would be the biggest surprise signee? It's not a surprise if Josh answers it, I feel like. Right. Like if it came out of no, I mean, every guy that we talked about on campus, it's not going to be somebody that didn't visit. To me, it would be, a surprise would be like somebody that didn't visit, right? Like, or would you consider like, um, like if they signed Javante Barnes, is that a surprise? I mean, that's a big get. I wouldn't call it a surprise. We've been covering, we've been covering the kid for months. Why would that be a surprise? Yeah, someone in that vein, though, like who maybe only like stepped on foot ca- on campus once. Who, he didn't say who will be the biggest commit signee of the twenty. He's no, saying who will be the biggest surprise? So I think well, someone I don't know, who maybe. has to have some geogra- someone like a battle that they're not ex- like right now. Jaleel Skinner, like a month ago or maybe like two months ago, if you'd said that was going to be a guy they were going to get, uh, I think people would have been really pleasantly surprised. And now people, All are right, well, Javante Barnes come keeps coming to mind. So I guess that w- okay. that would be a surprise, but I don't. All right. And we don't, we or would a surprise be like Shamar Stewart? Because I don't think Florida State's going to sign him. So if they did sign him, that would be a surprise. But you, but then you're happy, but you don't think he's going to sign. No, so I don't. it wouldn't be a surprise. Or, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, do you want to do a second heartbreaker or, or do you not want to? What is it? Today? Who will be the, the biggest heartbreak? Who will be the biggest heartbreaker to sign elsewhere for the 2022 class? Josh, you already mentioned Coleman. Let's go outside of Coleman. Oh, okay. When Elijah Pritchett signs with Alabama, that'll break a lot of hearts, I think. Okay. All right. That's a, a good one in a bad way. Energy, uh, Noel. Do you think asked, people's hearts will be broken when that happens? Yes. I do think the offensive tackle board, though, in general, is probably the deepest it's been in years. So, like, I think people would move on pretty quickly. Right. But when it happens. I yeah, there, there'd be a day. There'd be a day of that. And then a lot of like, yeah, if he doesn't want to be here, you know, he wants to go to Alabama and get swallowed up by competition. Let him. So maybe the fact that I mentioned it on the pod, when it when it does happen, there won't be any heartbreak? No, that's not how that's going to go. Oh, okay. All right. Next question. NRG Noel says, Byers Sinone, we signed four blue chip offensive linemen this year. What's a blue chip? I think we go four stars or higher, even if it's a low and four star. So Kanaya Charlton won't be part of that if he ends up here, which we expect. Right. Um, Alu Ba is he? Alu Ba is a four star right now. Let me double check and make sure. I believe he is a composite four star. So you got one right now. So if you're a four star on the composite, you're a blue chip. Yeah. Alu Ba is says, a. Well, we signed four blue chip linemen. Mm. All right. So three or four. Else? I think three or four. Well, he's saying four, and it's a buyer, so no. Well, wait, is Daughtry Richardson a... I think he's a three-star, isn't he? Yeah, I think Daughtry Richardson's a three-star. Quayshawn Sapp is a four. Is a four, is a low four. So that would be three. Yeah, I think four. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. Okay. I'll buy it. Yeah, Daughtry Richardson's a high-end three-star right now. Okay. Okay. Buy or Sinone from J. Rod. He asked these the other day. I thought they were pretty good. Buy or Sinone, FSU has exceeded expectations when it comes to the recruits that have been on campus. Big buy. Big buy. All right. Buy or Sinone, Zach Blostein has slept on the bench. That's a Sinone. Almost, but not quite. Buy or Sinone, July is going to be a pivotal month for Novell and the Knowles. Oh, I'm buying that one. They're all pivotal. They're all pivotal. <laughs> See that? <laughs> 
That's how you do it. Tampa Knowles 776 asks, are you burned out yet by all the camps or recruiting events in the month of June? You guys have been working seven days a week. Yeah, we're getting there, but it's not forever. This is just till the end of the month. You want to do a, let's do a, you're going on vacation. I'm going on vacation. Let's do a burned out power rankings. So one is the most burned out. And we'll go from four, four to one least burned out right now. Who's the least burned out of us? Right now, because I got a good, if you asked me this 24 hours ago, I'd have myself up there at one or two just because of my travel, but I got an eight hour sleep last night, so I'm feeling good. So I'd probably go Chris, because he's on a field right now as we are recording this. Uh, then I would say probably you and then me and then Zach. And I say that because Zach is currently in Disneyland, Disney World right now. Uh, 24 would, hours ago, this this list looked a lot different. Put it that way. Uh, yeah, I guess it depends on how Zach, if he's being young and, and yeah. spry it, and recharging. In real time, in real time, that's the rankings right now as okay. we pod. Those okay. are the rankings. That, that's they can change throughout the day. <laughs> yeah, Zach's back at it. He's just sending us text right now. What's this on Marvin Jones Jr.? Touchdown. Touchdown. Marvin Jones Jr. is in Tallahassee. Let's go. Uh, so B- there you go. B-Sod asks, buy or know none of Brennan's college dating stories are true. Huh. Um, I'll buy that. I think they're just fabricated a little bit. There's There's elements of truth to all of them. Knowles it's based in truth yeah yeah based on a truth there's like a fragment of truth that the story comes from Mm -hmm. therefore it is based in truth it is slightly the rest is fabricated Knowles 1998 asks buyer Sinone Destin Hill will arrive on campus before the start of fall camp he's boxing in the corner there Josh Sinone okay Sinone I'm not saying like it's not going to happen but it just in this in this context um and what I've said before also known. Oh, do we need to take it? We have like three left. I forgot to take it. If he was break. expected in before fall camp, I'd probably would have put that in the story. Yeah, I don't know if he's expected to right now. I don't know if FSU knows when he's expected. Right. In. That's so, why. So it's impossible I, to. Yeah. yeah. All right. Should we do a commercial break real quick? We have three left. I just. I, nope. Chug through it. Let's go. All right. No commercial break this episode. Don't blame me. Uh, if someone on the podcast and hears this, it's on Josh. I blame uh, them because we don't get paid for these ads anyway. Whoa. North of VA Null asks, don't don't say that. Who is the one poster that was trying to tell us that we made money on podcasts and that like we didn't know what we were talking about? And then he had to get it blocked because he was going after Chris. That was a weird cap. That was a weird cap. North VA Null asks, with a critical first game, when does Norvell have to decide who the starting quarterback will be? Before the first game. Mm-hmm. The week of the first game, I think, would be drop dead, right? Like, probably you would probably want to have your starter name the week of game week. I think it goes to right around that point, Josh. I think they will go. I think well, there's going to be two scrimmages instead of three. There will only be two scrimmages this preseason as NCAA has changed some rules for, for player safety. I think anytime after that second uh, scrimmage is kind of when it's fair game. But I think you're going to see FSU try to maximize like as many uh, yeah, but that's games. not the question. When does Norvell have to decide who the starting QB will be? Oh, I mean, do you think he's, he not, would... he's asking when does he? To me, that's like when's the latest he can do it. To me, it's game week. Like I that, think so. You I want mean, to do like pub- publicly, before. like could he possibly play do a little showmanship there and not name a starting quarterback for 
week one against Notre Dame? No, I'm just saying, like, I'm yeah, I don't know if he na- did he say name it? We'll have to decide. I think in his head, you'll you do it heading into game week at the latest because the play the team needs to know. I think they already know it's probably going to be KZ, right? Like, I think that's they're planning with that in mind. Um, oh, yeah. more than likely is where I would okay. well, that's what I think with with Jordan Travis sprinkled in. Savvy's Knowles asks if FSU doesn't land insert recruit, then the staff really dropped the ball. Let's leave Hunter out of this discussion because I think that would be obvious answer. Um, FSU doesn't land blank recruit than the staff. So who's the guy, Josh, that if FSU does not add to this class would, would be considered a pretty big whiff. AJ Duffy. Oh yeah. Because um, if you, if, because everything's fine the way that everything was handled and the fact that FSU wanted two QBs, but only has one, but didn't really mind having the one because it's AJ Duffy. Um, If AJ Duffy were to decommit, then you look at the whole QB recruitment thing and how FSU handled it. And it maybe looks a little different because then you don't have either of your guys. Uh, Now you don't have Nico. Now you don't have AJ Duffy. Now you got to go after somebody maybe that you don't have a great relationship with or don't know for, 12 plus months. Like if, if that, if AJ Duffy dropped out of the class down, that would be be catastrophic, Josh. That's yeah. um, So that's to answer the question. I think it's almost too extreme personally. I think, I mean, that's, that's a catastrophic. That's That's dropping the ball. You're dropping. That's more than dropping the ball. Recruiting. You drop the ball. And that's like a bottomy now. That means something, some, something really bad would have had to happen this season. Well, that's my answer. AJ Duffy's my answer. Yeah. I think it's too harsh. I think it's too extreme. Yeah, like if you go through this class, you pull a Willie Taggart and you don't have a, a prep quarterback. Then I don't think FSU that. would do that. But even if it's somebody – look, the whole purpose of QB recruiting is to build a relationship with a guy that you trust and coaches want to know him for two years. And like the, the last thing you want to do is be offering a kid in December because you need an arm. I mean, we've seen how that works. We're watching it. There's a few of those here. What if they had – what if there is this some scenario where AJ Duffy didn't end up here and they had to go back to Nico Marchio? <laughs> then that's dropping the ball. That's uh, I'm answering the question appropriately. I think it's extreme. Who's the linebacker from South Georgia that that's committed to Georgia Tech right now, currently? Uh, <laughs> what's his name? From Lee County. I'm blanking on the name. Yeah, I know. It's at the tip of my tongue. Oh my god! I can't think I of look it. it up. They've, um, already, they've already dropped the ball. It's who they they needed him in this class. They needed to finish with him in this class. Willis. What was his last name? Jerron. Jerron. Jerron Willis. Jerron oh, Willis. Getting old. Yeah, I think that we've seen a lot of prospects come through. He's a he's called FSU's dream school. Oh, you're that's who it is. If FSU doesn't have Jerron Willis, that's who's FSU's dropping the ball. <laughs> they've already dropped the All ball right. on it. Like that's a guy who's a priority. He's already committed at a to position of, Yeah, they've already dropped the ball on it. Is what I'm saying. They need to write. They need to remedy that. They need to write that wrong. Uh, okay. I'm saying it's already happened. Again, local ish, two hours away. FSU's dream school, position of need. Make it happen. H, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Ha, one, E, two, eight. If we win less than six games, but we are able to snag wins over top rivals such as Miami, Florida, or Clemson, does that help recruiting as much as seven or eight win season? Um, If you can snag one win 
over Florida, Miami, uh, or Clemson? No, I don't think so. Because like, if you knock off Miami and you win six games, it probably means Miami probably had like a seven or eight win season. And I don't think it's going to have that much of an impact. It'll have like an impact in the moment. It'll probably create a buzz. It'll be good. It's not a bad thing to ever beat your rivals. But if you knock off one of these teams, but still don't have a seven or eight win season, it's better than having a seven. It's better than winning six games and not knocking off one of your rivals. I know a lot of fans will say like, I'd rather beat Florida and lose to everyone else. And that's all well mm -hmm. and fine. But I'll I'll alter this question a little bit, Josh. Would you rather take an eight-win season or a five-win season with a win over Miami and then, you know, uh, who who else do they have on the schedule? I think MSU needs to just take the wins at this point. That's what I would say. If you can somehow get eight wins and then the losses are to Miami, Florida, Clemson, and Notre Dame, then whatever. Like, you're still moving in the right direction as a program because you're winning games that you weren't winning the last couple years. So, yeah. All right. That was the last one, Josh. What'd you think oh, okay. of this episode of the mailbag? Uh, very good questions. Appreciate the uh, support, the contributions. You guys, we love you. Well, mailbag! this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better because my all-new santa fe is available with h-track all-wheel drive so i can hit the trail without a worry in the world Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.